a leader in the health insurance space, reports and what it tells us about the Affordable Care Act. This is Industry Focus. Hi, fools. Healthcare analyst uh, Michael Douglas here today, and I'm um, back to our regularly scheduled programming with uh, with Todd Campbell from New Hampshire. Todd, welcome back. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right, fantastic. So let's go, let's go, let's jump right into it. We want to talk a little bit today about Anthem, which some of you may have known by its its previous name, WellPoint. Um, they reported earnings uh, very recently, and uh, we want to just kind of go through their earnings and and talk a little bit about what what those earnings indicate sort of for insurance, for health insurance companies as they as they work um, in this sort of new environment with the Affordable Care Act. And I say new, comparatively new. You know, the, the ACA, various pieces of it have been taking effect over the last couple of years. Um, but I, I think Anthem, you know, really shows how an insurer can, um, can operate in that environment um, that in some ways more closely regulated environment and do a really good job for its shareholders. So let's uh, let's jump right in. I mean, you know, you look at the the headline numbers, adjusted net income uh, up, uh, it was, what, $3.14 per share, up 30% year over year. Yeah, you can't complain about these numbers. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to be unhappy with that number. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you're right. This is a relatively new in, in the history of health insurance, I mean, <laughs> you know, this is a relatively new territory. I mean, we're, we're version 2.0 of the ACA, you know, for the enrollment and the exchanges. Um, and, of course, you know, everybody's been you know, thinking ahead and saying, well, you know, what's that going to mean? Are people, are, are, is utilization going to up to a level where they're not going to be able to price these things accurately? And if they don't price them accurately, are they going to end up losing money, and et cetera? And it just shows that when it comes to insurers, never doubt their ability to price products correctly. Yeah. Well, and I'd say particularly that's the case with Anthem, right? Because, you know, you had a bunch of the other insurers guiding that they expected to lose money um, or, or that they were sort of going to have trouble with uh, with understanding the risk pools in the ACA. And Anthem basically just said, no, you know what? This is back when they were WellPoint, of course. They just said, well, you know what? We, we think we've priced to make a little bit of money. Um We'll see, but we're going to play aggressively in what could be a really big growth space. And and you know the Affordable Care Act as background, um, you know, has resulted in many millions of new Americans um, getting insurance, um, and that has really been a big boon for the insurance companies that have been uh, aggressive in seeking that membership. And I, I think there are a few more so than Anthem that have really been aggressive in playing in the exchanges and uh, ramping up the Medicaid business. Um, you know, Anthem bought Amerigroup a couple years back to, uh, or a few years back now, I guess, to uh, to really, you know, ramp into that uh, government business. And it's paid off very well for them. Yeah. You, one of the things that I think people tend to when they think of the ACA, they think of the exchanges only. Yeah. And they kind of forget about the fact that, oh, yeah, we also expanded Medicaid. And, you know, obviously, you know, we only expanded Medicaid in the states that were willing to adopt it. So yeah. it really kind of fell along party lines. But there were still enough states that expanded it and still enough, I guess, carry-on effect or follow-on effect from those states that did expand it that membership has soared in Medicaid programs, and that's been a huge win for companies like Anthem. Mm-hmm. You know, in the quarter, I mean, just to break down the nuts and bolts, we got a $3.14% net income, just net income number. That's, that's excellent. Yeah, you that's know, fantastic. We're not going to complain about that. Medical membership, um, if you look at where they were at the end of December to where they are at the end of March, 
they added a million people. I mean, that's, that's a lot of new lives that they're covering. Not all of those people came from the exchanges. You know, in, in fact, where they added uh, a, a lot of people was in the Medicaid business. Yeah. You know, there were an extra 429,000 lives added in the Medicaid business. And some of that came uh, courtesy of acquisition. But the reality is that, you know, since Medicaid expansion went into effect back in 2000. End of 2013, they've added 11.2 million people nationwide to mm-hmm. Medicaid programs, yeah. and those programs are run in many states by private insurance companies like Anthem mm-hmm. that are being hired by the state to, I guess, more efficiently uh, uh, um, serve these members. So this is a big business, and is counting for a significant amount of Anthem's, I guess we'll call it, success in the last two years. Um, To your point, though, yeah, the exchanges have also been a big win for them. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, no, and I think that's a good point is that, you know, Medicaid expansion has certainly been a lot bigger for a lot of companies. Um, And I I think the key question that investors have to ask, though, is, okay, cool. So you've gotten all these new members. Did you price correctly for them? You know, what does that medical, uh, well, benefit expense ratio is what Anthem calls it. Other people call it the medical benefit ratio, the medical loss ratio. Whatever way you slice and dice it, essentially, it's the percentage of premiums that you take in that you pay out uh, for for care, essentially, uh, for drugs, for medical expenses of one sort or another. So the benefit expense ratio, uh, lower is better in the insurance industry. And you saw there's decline, actually. It was 80.2% in the first quarter of 2015, which was uh, uh, down from almost 83% um, in uh, in the first quarter of 2014. So it's, it's clear that not only have they grown, but they've grown in such a way that they're still able to uh, price correctly and really make sure that, that money is flowing down to the bottom line. One of the things that, Michael, I think that you and I always try to do when we have these conversations is try and pull out one thing that investors should, should really have a takeaway on um, when it comes to investing. And I think that you just touched on something that's really important for people to be aware of when they're investing in health insurance stocks. And that is, if you're going to know any ratio <laughs> that is reported in these reports, it's yes. got to be, and it doesn't matter if you call it the medical loss or medical care ratio or what you call it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's got to be that number. I mean, mm. it's going to tell you whether or not the companies are doing a great job on pricing and whether or not they're doing a really good job in launching out programs that help educate their members and help to keep costs down. Because the last thing you want to do is end up with one of your members having something that's not a serious issue become a serious issue that ends up in hospitalization or even more costly care uh, or a chronic disease or whatnot. So, right. yeah, you know, you look at that number and you say, wow, their benefits, typically speaking, I like to see between 80 and 85%. You're going to get fluctuation quarter to quarter. Right. I see 80.2% and I'm like, well, that's, that's a slam dunk. It was a great quarter. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no getting around no getting around it. So they're, they're executing. They've priced their products well. They're getting more members. They're making more money on each one of those members. And it's hard to imagine um, that that's going to end, given that, you know, we still have millions more people that haven't gotten insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's unlikely that we're going to see, in my opinion, uh, something significant shift um, that would eliminate uh, 
the provisions of the ACA for these millions of people who, are, who have recently signed up. I guess that would be the biggest risk yeah. that people would throw out there saying, ooh, don't necessarily want to buy a health insurer when, you know, what happens if they repeal ACA and, and millions of people are no longer receiving the insurance. So I, I don't think that investors should be focusing on that. I think that investors should instead be saying, you know what, the trend over time is going to be for an increasingly insured America. Yeah. And as long as companies like Anthem can price appropriately and can keep a lid on those costs like they have been, um, investors should feel pretty confident owning stocks like Anthem. Yeah, well, and it's also one of those things where the same people who, who I, I think, my, my sense is that a lot of the same folks who would make the argument that, well, you know, maybe we should be worried about health insurers because of, you know, uh, Ligatory issues around the ACA are a lot of the same folks who are saying, "Well, you know, health insurers, you know, the ACA amounts to a government takeover of healthcare, and health insurers aren't going to benefit from it." Um, and certainly, not all health insurers have benefited equally from it. But some, like Anthem, have done a really good job out of it. And uh, I think folks who um, folks who were naysayers about Anthem's ability to price profitably uh, and and to really make a lot of money from the Affordable Care Act, I think have largely been disproven at this point. Um, and so, you know, as you pointed out earlier, I think it, never doubt a health insurer, and I would say particularly Anthem's, ability to to find a way to make sure they're delivering good value for shareholders. Right. And, you know, while, while Warren Buffett doesn't traffic in the health insurance per se, I mean, there's a reason that right. he happens to love the insurance business. I right. mean, property and casualty insurance, I mean, a lot of times you'll get into storm season and people will worry, well, oh, that hurricane is going to, you know, cause problems for profit. It's always a short-term event. They always are able to fix their pricing. And then when things normalize, they get more profitable and they deliver more to the bottom line over time. So I think that you have to look at it and say, okay, what's the overall population growth trend, yeah. which is up? Is it more or less likely that those people will be insured or uninsured? Yeah. And I think that if, if you come to the conclusion that a larger population that's increasingly insured is the most likely scenario, then it's hard to debate being long a company like this. And, you know, you look at it and you say, well... You know, it's not really not even that expensive. I mean, the stock has what doubled in the last year, year and a half, yeah. but it's it's still trading at I think fourteen or fifteen times next year earnings, and you know I think it's got a price to sales ratio that's still you know below one. Yeah, so still, still, still definitely some perhaps concerns priced into it. Well, and 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 uh, yeah, and I mean let's let's face it, you know, netting uh, just net income they're guiding for what I think nine ninety. A share uh, this next year, um, which you know is a nice bump from the eight dollars and eighty-five cents last year uh, total. So you know it, it does appear to be a company that's firing on all pistons and has some really good opportunities. Uh, I, you know, personally, I, I, me personally, and I, I, Todd, I think you disagree, but uh, I, I think Anthem is. I, Anthem is certainly my favorite of the diversified insurers. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a niche player I like better, but certainly among the diversifieds, I think this is my uh, my favorite company. They've just they've shown the leadership, they've shown the uh, the chops to take a risk and to do very well because of it. Yeah, I don't own Anthem currently. Yeah. Um, nor nor do I. And, right, Anthem and United Health um, are probably my two favorite picks in the space. Uh, and I've been wrong to wait and hope for an opportunity for them to, for shares to come back down so I could buy them. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I wish I wish I could have my way back machine for that decision. Um, but you know, you you mentioned the guidance and, and Anthem did a 
phenomenal job last year. They upped their guidance throughout the course of the year. Now we're seeing the same thing happen uh, at the start, at least. You know, they came out of December thinking, oh, we'll earn at least 970 is what they said in adjusted net income per share. Now they're saying we're going to earn 990 per share in adjusted net income. And frankly, given their past history, it wouldn't shock me if in all said and done, we're much closer to 10 or a little bit north of 10 uh, at the end of the year. We'll, yeah. we'll have to see for that. Though. Yeah, they have a bit of a history of sandbagging, certainly last year. I think uh, they, they adjusted up, I think, two or maybe three times last year. But anyway, that's all neither here nor there. Uh, Todd, as always, thanks for uh, thanks for your two cents on the company. Definitely a big one we want to be watching um, moving forward as really a leader in the health insurance industry and, and one that has... I think very intelligently followed the money, um, and sort of seen where folks, uh, where, 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 uh, services are growing and where they've got a good opportunity to go ahead and benefit from that. Uh, folks, uh, as always, uh, here at the Motley Fool, we believe in, uh, diversity of opinion and in also making sure that you do your own due diligence. Never, ever, ever buy a stock just based on what you hear. Uh, we want you to do your own research. Uh, know that people who are on the show, uh, both me and Todd and perhaps others, um, may have uh, positions in stocks that we mentioned, and The Motley Fool may have positions or active recommendations on stock that we mentioned. So always make sure to do your own due diligence before uh, buying, selling, shorting, longing, etc. a stock. Um, with that said, as always, please come back to Fool.com and the Daily Industry Focus podcast for all of your investing needs and Fool on. Fool on.